Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, welcome to the inaugural episode of Boxing with Chris Mannix. You have heard this podcast, of course, for many years. This is the first episode that I am doing with the Volume Podcast Network. You're going to get a lot of the same stuff with this podcast. We're going to try to bring you the very best guests every single week in the boxing world. We're going to break down every single story in the boxing world. We're going to have a little bit of fun while we're doing it. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this being the very first episode. And we have a great episode for you. Al Bernstein, Showtime boxing analyst, legendary figure in boxing. I talked to Al about some of the fights we saw this past weekend. Nonito Donaire, a world champion, once again, 38 years old, he wins a bantamweight title. What did Al think of that fight and what might be next for Donaire? Devin Haney, lightweight champion. He gets the biggest win of his career against Jorge Linares. And are we finally going to get uh, Devin Haney against Teofimo Lopez? I talked to Al about that. And the big fight this weekend, exhibition match this weekend. Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul. Whatever weight it's going to be at, two guys in the ring down in Miami. Mayweather making his return to the boxing arena, so to speak, to face off against YouTube star Logan Paul. Al will be on the call for that fight. I get into that with him on this pod as well. A little bit later on, Floyd Mayweather himself, the future Hall of Famer, pound for pound king. I get into it with Floyd about you know, kind of why he's doing this, what he hopes to gain from it. And I mean, is it possible that Floyd could return in a real fight against, say, Manny Pacquiao, stick around for that. Great conversation with Floyd Mayweather. All right, let's pick it up from there. Let me bring on Al Bernstein. All right, Al Bernstein is here. Analyst, Showtime Boxing, one of the very best in the business. Also the host of Al Bernstein Unplugged, 
podcast you can listen to, watch on YouTube uh, every single week. Al, I think this is your first appearance on the show, man. Thanks for joining me. I know. It's good to be with you. I'm glad that I got a chance to visit with you and chat a little boxing. I usually, I've occasionally gotten Steve Farhood, who uh, does these interviews like from his kitchen, which kind of looks like he's in a <laughs> bunker somewhere. It's uh, interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting visual with uh, Farhood there, but glad to. So uh, one thing about all these, uh, the new world and the, the Zoom uh, phenomena for all of us that are doing things, you never know where you're going to find people, do you? Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's interesting. It's created a new dynamic, that's for sure, in uh, broadcasting. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that happened last weekend before we get to the big show this weekend involving Floyd Mayweather. We'll start with the fight I was involved with over the weekend yeah. uh, in Las Vegas, Devin Haney defending his version of the 135-pound title. Uh, watching from ringside, Al, I thought that was Devin Haney's best performance. I think he has been dominant in the past, winning lopsided decisions against good competition. But in this fight, he stood in the pocket. He traded more than he ever has before. He was entertaining, more entertaining than I've seen him before. And he survived adversity for the first time in his career, taking that big right hand at the end of the 10th round, recovering and doing enough to win a decision. So I was very impressed with Devin Haney. What were uh, your impressions of that fight? Yeah, I agree. I, You know, I, of course, we live in an age where, you know, people nitpick everything to death and, uh, and, and inevitably uh, somebody's going to be critical of things. But, yeah, I thought he performed well. You know, Jorge Linares, and the key to that is that Jorge Linares did not fight badly. Uh, it, it's just that... Haney was better on that night. And of course, Linares was able to get him in some trouble in the last uh, couple of rounds, which gave us a new dimension to Haney uh, because he got through that and survived it. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, uh, there was more offense from him. Uh, it was more entertaining. And, and he demonstrated clearly he's on the upper, is in the upper echelon of uh, the lightweight division and that of, you know, we would want to see him in against any lightweight and would give him an opportunity against any lightweight to win. I mean, I, you know, he's, we know he has great physical skills, quickness, uh, and we saw him get through adversity in this fight as well, which is uh, important. Yeah. Are, are you of the opinion that how you win matters? You know, I, during our fighter meetings that week, like, mm -hmm. I, I had a very interesting and long exchange with Bill Haney, the father of Devin, and – uh, and with Devin himself, kind of, because I've been somewhat critical of Devin's fighting style. I thought he kind of stunk out the joint in a way against Yurikas Gamboa. Didn't go out of his way to try to take Gamboa out. I think uh, even the previous fight against Alfredo Santiago, I thought there were opportunities for him to take Santiago out. He didn't take them. Uh, but, you know, look, in this fight, he answered all those questions. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think... And I go through this with Demetrius Andrade. There is no bigger Demetrius Andrade fan than me. Like I have to be. Like, I have the noticed that you seem. I've noticed that you seem to like him. I like him a lot, and it drives me crazy that he can't get a big fight. But I think part of that is yeah. because he doesn't fight in an entertaining way. He doesn't go for knockouts. I think Devin, as much as you gain by beating Jorge Linares, you gain even more by beating Jorge Linares that way. Because now you have look, you got Ryan Garcia on social media. Tweeting, I would have slept you, Devin. Like I would, have, I would have put you down. You've got Teofimo Lopez tweeting about the fight. So I feel like Devin increased his chances of facing one of those top lightweights by beating Linares in that way. 
Yeah, there are the two elements that you referred to. One, that he was more, he engaged more offensively. Number two, that he had a moment of vulnerability in getting, uh, you know, getting stunned by a punch. And, you know, it, it, it's always intrigues me that some fighters, it doesn't matter how they win. I mean, perfect example is Floyd Mayweather. Let's be honest. He, you know, he's had a career in which, you know, 90% of his fights have not been scintillated. And yet winning is enough for him because he has a, this brand that allows him to, to win. And if he keeps winning, he's good. And other fighters, we've seen that as well. And then some other fighters are criticized for not being exciting. So I think it's almost on a case-by-case -case basis. But uh, there is no question that the way this fight uh, ended up, uh, the fact that he did engage more and the fact that he was vulnerable did make this fight one that was talked about more. And uh, you'll probably have a better clue to this than I do, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Teofimo Lopez, who talks uh, in a way now, that of course he has to get past his fight on June 19th, but he's talking in a way that makes you feel like he truly does want to fight Devin Haney, that before he leaves the lightweight division he wants to, which is a fight that I think everybody would love to see. I'm hoping that that's more than just PR. I, I hope so, too. And I think from Teofimo's perspective, it is more than just PR. I, I do think it feels that way. I do think there's going to need it needs some help to get over the yeah. finish line. I think Teofimo during the week when he was doing his media stuff for the Cambosis fight sort of laid out the blueprint. And that's involving the WBC. Now, yeah. nobody hates the WBC and all sanctioning bodies more than me. I find them all to be a, a pox upon boxing. But the WBC can can bank some credit, at least in my account, if they go out and mandate and mandate the Teofimo versus Haney matchup. They have yeah. they can say that, you know, look, we never WBC never intended for Teofimo Lopez to be the franchise champion. They named Lomachenko the franchise champion. And by their own rules, Al, the franchise championship <laughs> should not transfer. So what are we doing here? It will not so let's find a way to put this title back in the Cracker Jack box that it came out of. And let's make a mandatory fight between Haney and Lopez. Nobody loves a good purse bid like Teofimo Lopez. And I don't think Eddie Hearn would have any problem if the Haney fight went to a purse bid. Top rank might have a problem because they don't have as deep no. a pocket as Eddie does and whoever might get involved. Hell, Triller might get back involved and mm. win that purse bid. But... This seems easy to me. Like, there's no real fight at 135 for Teofimo. Ryan Garcia is going through his stuff. He's not going to come right back into right. the mix, uh, into one of those top fights right away. You've been more involved with Javante Davis than I have. I don't get any sense that he's all that interested in facing any one of those guys at yeah, the present that, that time. That doesn't seem like a fight that's on their radar screen. No, not, not, not at the moment. So, like, there's nothing else. Teofimo does not want to move up to 140 yet. The Josh Taylor fight's not there for him yet anyway. Mm -hmm. So... Why not make the one of the biggest fights you can make at lightweight for the true undisputed championship? I mean, I, like, please join me, Al, in begging the WBC to do the right thing here and order a purse bid for Haney versus Lopez. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. And, you know, you don't always get it where it's from the, you know, that side of the pecking order to try and demand a fight. Usually it's the other way around, somebody that's hunting a champion. But, but yeah, I think that it... Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, 
it's a fight that, you know, the year of 2021 is a really good year for boxing so far. And there have been some really, really good matches made. There are unification fights that have been made, are being made on both the women and men's side. And this fight would be the poster child for 2021 because it would be a fight that makes sense, as you point out, gives Lopez a perfect, um, you know, platform to then launch himself into 140 or gives Devin Haney, should he win the fight, a, you know, a clear path to call himself the best lightweight perhaps. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a fight that would it kind of symbolize 2021 for boxing, how it seems like the direction it's going in. Yeah, I hope it happens. Um, yeah. Like you said, Teofimo's got to get by Cambosis first. Cambosis is undefeated and deserves the respect of at least being appreciated yeah. for that I think he's going to give Teofimo a fun fight. Yeah, yeah. But I think if Teofimo's on his game, he's better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Like, all, all boxes check in, in Teofimo. And if he gets through that fight, I hope he stands in the ring and whoever interviews him, he just says, you know, give me Devin Haney next. Give yeah. me Devin Haney next. He might we do get- that. We got some momentum for that fight. Uh, you called the great one this past weekend. Nonito Donaire just turning back the clock once again, 38 years old, becoming the oldest uh, bantam weight champion with a fourth round knockout win over Nordino Bali. Um, I mean, were you surprised by that outcome? I mean, Donaire at 118 is great. Like, he just, he continued, he, that's like his weight where he's at his best. Yeah. Yes, he lost uh, to Inouye, but everybody lose to Inouye. And most people lose to Inouye. Much worse than Donaire did. Oh uh, when boy, he fought. no, so, that's for sure. So, I, like, I was, you know, I don't think I was shocked because I know how big and strong Donaire is, and when he, when he makes that weight in a healthy way, he's tough. Uh, but to go out and just dismantle uh, Ubali in that type of manner, I was impressed. Yeah, you know, there are a couple of mysteries in life that I have uh, that remain unsolved for me, uh, and one of them is why Nonito Donaire ever went up in weight the way he did. Uh, because here we see him now, fighters never go back down in weight when they're in their late 30s. That just doesn't happen, right? And yet he was able to do it. So if you're able to do it now, why did you go up several weight classes when you were younger? Um, he could have been the champion at 118 forever, right? Just about. I mean, because he has that height and reach and power advantage over other 118 pounders. Here's what fans need to know about that fight. Nordino Bali is a really good fighter. Um, He's not some guy that won a championship and was lucky to do so. And, you know, he had great amateur credentials, turned pro late because of that, was in two Olympics, has been excellent as a pro. And had his moments in the in the fight with Donaire where he landed some pretty good shots. But Nonito Donaire said before the fight, I know how to counter him because of the way he enters offensively. I have to say, I kind of thought Obali would be a little more tricky for, for uh, Nonito to figure out how to counter him. It didn't take him long at all. He, he figured it out. Um, and... The only caveat to the win is that probably one of the knockdowns came, I'm going to say five seconds after the bell rang. Um, And I don't think it was intentional uh, in any way, but it is interesting. I do wonder, I still think Nonito won the fight. He probably would have knocked him out. But Ubali had just come back in that round and landed several good punches. And I wonder how it would have gone had that not happened. But 
nonetheless, in it, I would in no way want to diminish what uh, Nonito Donaire did. It was remarkable. And at 118, with the power he has, there may be only one person, Mr. Inoue, who can beat Nonito Donaire. Now, if he, you know, he says he wants to fight Inoue next, whether that's feasible, I don't know. The fight that is feasible for him certainly is the winner of John Real Casamero and uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux, because uh, they're going to be fighting in a couple months. Uh, that would be fascinating, and uh, and he and, and so it was an amazing performance by Donaire. It was, and you mentioned potential opponents uh, for Donaire, and I think in a way could wind up being doable if he stays at 118. There's not a lot there for him. And a rematch with Donaire. Yeah, it would the, be big. With the caveat that politics often get in the way and stuff like this, that would still be a, right. the biggest fight you could probably make for him at this point. What intrigues me almost as much is what happens with the winner of Juan Francisco Estrada Chocolatito at 115. I mean, especially if it's Estrada, I could see him moving up and fighting Donaire at 118. Chocolatito, that might oh, be... Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's, yeah. that's a very intriguing idea. I mean, Chocolatito, it might be a bridge too far. It might be too small for... I think so. I think so, too. But, like, if that's the end of his career, like, Hall of Famer versus Hall of Famer, kind of dream matchup with two of the best smaller weight guys right. in boxing history, uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. I mean, Donaire at 38, I mean, in a weird way, it feels like there's still two years of big fights that he could potentially get into if he's still fighting at this level. Yeah, no, I agree. I hadn't thought about the other the other option you mentioned, but yeah, there are there are boy, the world's his oyster right now. Um, well, one fifteen, one fifteen is a a pretty sexy weight class at the moment. With you know, Sorungvisai oh, is down there. I mean, great you could, weight class. Like you could have guys moving up uh, at some point that Donaire would probably be. A, I mean, he'd be physically bigger than all of them. Oh and- yeah, he. That's where anybody coming up in a weight class to him right now, boy, uh, beware of what you wish for. He because- was huge in the ring. Yeah, he's big. He's really big for a 118-pounder. And I think that really played itself out against Dubali. You know, we saw it again. I remember when, you know, uh, we were doing his fights when he, you know, when he broke through and and knocked out uh, Victor Chinian. And at that moment, my feeling was, and I probably even said it at some point, that this his physical gifts at this weight class make him very close to being unbeatable not no one's unbeatable of course he wasn't you know although he did actually his loss to Rigonda I think was in a weight class above that but but you know at that weight it's really tough for somebody you know coming up and wait hey 115 118 122 they are all fantastic weight divisions and and I love the fact that all the different platforms that do boxing uh, for the most part, are doing what American TV does, hasn't always done, and that is feature the small guys. Yeah, they've proven to be really entertaining in uh, in most of the fights that they've created. Uh, let's talk about the one you're working this weekend in Florida. Floyd Mayweather Jr., back in action, fighting Logan Paul in an exhibition match in Miami. I, my take on these types of things, Al, is that they're almost like the new autograph signings, right? You know, in years yeah, past, right, guys would show up for autograph signings and picture right. takings and make some money off that. Now, they're just using their name to get into fights with popular figures. In this case, because it's 2021, YouTube stars, guys with a huge following that can convince their fans to plunk down 
$49.99, whatever the amount is, uh, to watch their guy go up against an all-time great boxer. We used to see some of this, you know, back in the day, Ali, you know, going over to Japan to fight the rest. Right. I mean, stuff like this happened. Right. Butterbean was involved in exhibitions for, right. for a long exactly. period of time. So it's not shocking. Not unprecedented. Yeah, it's it's got a precedent to it. So I, I guess give me your reaction when this was first this first hit your radar. Floyd Mayweather coming back uh, in his early 40s to face uh, Logan Paul, who's going to have, you know, what, three, four inches and 30-plus pounds on him. Well, I love your analogy to it being the current-day autograph signing because that's really what it is. Um, and, of course, we live in a society where you can create something out of whole cloth. Uh, you know, these people – get famous for being famous. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to watch the, this will date me completely, the Jack Parr show when I was real young. And there would be these people on there that uh, that were Broadway actresses and like Bennett Cerf, who was a publisher and wrote and everything. And to me, I didn't know what they were famous for. I just knew they were on the Jack Parr show. So, they were famous, you know, but now we have people that are famous for being famous. Ergo, the, the, the Paul brothers. And, uh, and I, I wasn't shocked when I heard that he was going to, you know, that he was going to do it. Uh, and I wasn't super shocked that we were involved because we were so involved with Floyd Mayweather, the Showtime uh, broadcast family. And uh, I see all these things much the way you just were describing it. They're one-offs. They're, they're, they're driven or not driven, as the case may be. And that's where you, you see how the commerce works or doesn't work on these things. I participated in the uh, uh, his brother's uh, matchup with uh, Askren, which did well financially, apparently. Yes, you did, Al. Although, yes, you did. Yes, yes I did. Yes, you I was, did. <laughs> I still, I'm still having nightmares, but I did participate. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, yeah, these things are driven by the commerce of the moment and by the idea that, you know, and Floyd Mayweather is really kind of so smart in this way because he knows that he's been out of it just long enough and this guy's just big enough and just brash enough for them to kind of sell it. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I if Floyd wants to make some money off his name, more power to him. Uh, this week there was some revelations that made it more kind of goofy. The Florida Commission is apparently not going to sanction it as a fight, so there won't be a official scorecard when it comes to this. There still could right. be a knockout, I guess, and the referee will call it. So we'll see how that changes things, if, if it does at all. I guess my question for you would be, is there anything that could happen in this, quote, fight that would diminish Floyd Mayweather's legacy in your yeah, mind? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a very good question. And, and you know... This Logan Paul has never beaten anybody in a boxing ring, right? Even in the one match he had, he didn't win, right? Uh, presumably. And so when you, if you step into the ring with him, even if you've been out of the game and even if you're giving up 30 pounds and even if you're whatever, we live in a society now, especially that is perfectly willing to overreact in every conceivable way um to anything that they see um and and i i don't know but that in a certain odd kind of a way there is some pressure on on mayweather to not let the unthinkable happen for, to not let logan paul somehow by accident or by 
by design uh, do something to him that would end up in a disaster that night. Were you um, of the opinion, Al, when, when you look back at, you know, by, when you say by design, did you think during the Conor McGregor fight that Floyd carried him for those early rounds, let himself get hit a little bit? Afterwards, yes. At mm. the time, I wasn't sure. Afterwards, I believe yes, to be mm. honest. I, I think he... I think he he realized that they had to have a show for people and uh, calculated that if Mayweather, if um, uh, McGregor had some success, he could live with it uh, and then still get him. And that is what happened. So I do honestly think he probably did. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we could see something I, mean, I, I didn't at the time. I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell. But in watching the re-airs and and thinking about it, uh, you know, I think I think probably um, probably that's the case. I could see something similar too. No matter with Logan Paul, no matter what Shannon Briggs says, like Logan is not some big puncher that is is going to hurt Floyd Mayweather. And, and Floyd, if he wanted to put him down with body shots, probably could do that pretty easily at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. The body work could be something. <laughs> it could be yeah. be significant. Um, are you of the opinion, you know, because you're presumably going to call the Jake Paul fight coming up against Tyron Woodley. That's also going to be on a Showtime platform. Uh, you know, you hear all the stuff. Is it good for boxing? Is it bad for boxing? Is it in between? What's your take on, you know, Jake Paul and these YouTubers getting real boxing slots, albeit ones in kind of yeah. goofy exhibitions? Like, for a conversation for another day is like, can, you know, mixed martial arts really handle, like, so many stars getting starched by Jake Paul. Like if that's how this kind of continues, like, I mean, that's, I don't know if the, how, if that affects, you know, the, the image of mixed martial arts, but as far as boxing goes, the Jake Paul stuff, the Logan Paul stuff, if it continues, do you see it being any kind of positive or negative for boxing? Or is it just unique in what it is? I view these things as, as, as one-offs. I view these things as individual events that are driven by the, the commerce of the moment, the the um, the marketing tools that become available based on somebody's brand, and uh, and 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 I think they I put them over there in that little box. Now, one of the reasons it makes it a little easier to put it over there in that little box is that boxing is delivering to fans in 2021. That for the most part, and of course, there's always matches that we want to see made and should be made, and boxing will always eternally fall short of the mark on some of them, uh, unfortunately, but the sport is delivering to people, and so if you've got this thing over here that they're going to say, if you want to pay $49 to do this, you can do it, I don't think it damages the integrity of the sport or ends up having some, uh, you know, some, some huge long-lasting impact. I just don't. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, it's part of, it's part of the equation right now at this moment, how long that lasts. I don't know. And no one can tell. Um, and, and, and in what form it lasts, like we know for even on the, even on the, the cards, like on that trailer card, you had Steve Cunningham and Frank Mir. Well, that's different, let's say, than, Logan Paul against, you know, somebody else because they're just, they're YouTubers that like to box. Well, these two guys were combat sports people who, you know, who, who intermingled. And the, the MMA boxing equation to me has always been one that uh, anybody that follows both those sports uh, with, um, 
you know, a lot of passion and a lot of knowledge understands that you're never going to get a true uh, test between the two in either discipline. If you bring an MMA guy over to boxing, for the most part, it's going to be difficult for him. And certainly for boxers, unless they are like uh, Holly Holm, who already had his skill as a kickboxer, um, mostly it's not going to go that well for boxers going in, you know, as they try to do MMA. No, I mean, I was in Boston when James Tony got starched. I think it was in the first right. round that, of that fight. It's perfectly so it's two entirely different disciplines, yeah. um, despite both being combat sports. Let me get you out of here with this. Um, in the world of hypotheticals, we got Manny Pacquiao facing Errol Spence uh, this summer. At least that's the plan uh, for right now. If for some reason Pacquiao beats Errol Spence, which would be an incredible accomplishment at 42 years old to be Is the it? top dog in the welterweight division would be wild. Could you see Floyd coming back for a rematch with Pacquiao? You've covered Floyd for a long time. Oh, you've heard the, you've heard the retirement stuff from Floyd over and over again. I tend to believe it more this time. And it has been what four years since he's been in an actual fight, but he does have a massive ego. And if people are out there saying Pacquiao beating Errol Spence, catapults Pacquiao past Floyd in the mythical eternal pound for pound rankings. It's going to get in Floyd's head. Like he's going to put stuff on Instagram about it. Maybe it's a picture of Pacquiao getting beat up in their fight or Pacquiao getting knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez. I don't expect it to happen because I think Spence is the real deal at 147. And as good as Pacquiao looked against Keith Thurman, Thurman is a different fighter than Spence. And that was two years ago for Pacquiao. But if it happened, could you we, do you think it's possible we could see Mayweather versus Pacquiao too, which would be maybe not as big as the first fight, but if Pacquiao's coming off that win, that's like three million pay-per-view buys, Al. That's still a big, big number that we're talking about. You know, I haven't even thought that's that's about the third thing you brought up in this call that I have not even thought about, which either means that you're brilliant at coming up with yeah. uh, future scenarios or I'm an imbecile. Could be a combination of both. Possibly. But uh, that is a fascinating point. And and it would be from a financial standpoint, uh, something that would be amazing because you have Pacquiao who everyone knows would be on the way out at that point or would be, you know, certainly would either be retiring or maybe, I guess maybe do one more fight, but yeah, clearly I, I think that that's in thinking about what you're discussing. I wouldn't rule that out because, uh, because it would be, it would be something that would be real, you know, and, and, and because it'd, it'd be, Mayweather fighting against an active champion who just did the impossible by being Errol Spence. And they, you know, you're saying it wouldn't be as big as the first one. It might not be, but I'll tell you what, I I think that's one of those ones where, you know, how baseball teams say when we throw our hat, we're so good that when we throw our hat on the diamond, we're a 500 ball club. Mm -hmm. Well, when those guys throw their glove in the ring, they're good for 1.5 million pay-per-views, right? Mm-hmm. from the get-go when you start and then you start building that and uh and, and that would be an, an astonishing event i you know and again some people will say oh let's not do that you know but in that instance i, I don't know what harm that does either because here's pacquiao at the to right at the end of his you know his career and 
if Baylor wanted to do that, you know, be oh, interesting. It, it's, it's so sellable to, you know, Pacquiao, you know, knocking off arguably the top guy at one. Yeah. I mean, it, Mayweather putting right. his undefeated record on the line, coming yeah. back into that mix to fight his longtime rival. Yeah. I mean, look, the first fight was five years too late, but people still bought right. it in droves. I mean, Pacquiao had been knocked out in between by Marquez in the years prior to that fight taking place. It still did major business. I just, it will all come down to Floyd. We know Pacquiao would do it, right? Like he you know, wants that Mayweather fight. Freddie Roach wants that Mayweather fight. It all comes down to Floyd. And if Pacquiao beating Thurman didn't do anything for Floyd, that's for sure. But if he beats Spence, who, you know, Floyd used to work with, has been around Floyd's gym. Floyd knows he's one of the pound for pound guys. I, I feel like that would get his attention. Like that would be the one thing that gets his attention. I would think so. And, and, and the fact, and forget it would be set up in such a way. And of course they go, you know, we live in an area or an era of spin doctoring and they can always remind people that he had a, da- a damaged shoulder just before uh, all the storylines from the, from the, the first fight will reemerge and, and, and be used as part of the promotional um, machinery to drive that fight. As you point out, for this, it's like kind of like the producers. All right, for this scheme for us, for this scheme to work, number one, we need a lot of little old ladies out there with a lot of money, right? We, in this case, we need uh, we need what could be the impossible. We need Manny Pacquiao to beat Errol Spence, which isn't likely, but it is not impossible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Al, good luck this weekend calling the fight. Showtime pay per view Mayweather against Logan Paul. Always a big event when Floyd is involved regardless of uh, uh, whether he's an active fighter or just an exhibition. Always appreciate it, Al. Thanks for joining me, man. Good to talk to you, Chris. Take care. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. Plus, for those who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Pick a new team every game, different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level, compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. And FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash Cowherd to sign up today. That is FanDuel.com forward slash Cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, baby. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. And I'm all over it like Revis Island. I have nothing but great things to say about it. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can... See the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Cowherd, compare odds from different sports books, and track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So, if the game means more to you, 
Download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Floyd Mayweather is an all-time great. He is going into the Hall of Fame later this year after retiring from boxing about four years ago now, undefeated. But before he goes into the Hall of Fame, he's getting back in the ring in an exhibition, this time against Logan Paul, the YouTube star who is technically 0-1 as a professional boxer, but that's not really what this fight is all about. It's a fight that you can see on Sunday. You can only see it on Showtime Pay-Per-View, and Floyd joins me here on the show. Floyd, the last few years, these YouTube guys have started to gain a lot of popularity. When did you start to think hey, maybe I can make some money off this. Well, actually, let me be honest with you. John, John Shahidi, a very, very close friend of mine, if I'm not mistaken, he used to work with Jake Paul and Logan Paul. I heard their names from him before. Then I heard about them boxing. So John said, these guys want you to work with them. So uh, I was in LA one time. I met up with the guys. They, I would think it was Jake Paul. I don't know if it's Logan Paul or Jake Paul, but I believe it was Jake Paul. Took a picture with him. Uh, both guys were fans, um, big fans. Then um, 
I was over in Japan. Um, I was hanging with Money Team Tokyo. I have a huge following in Japan. Uh, they were talking about Jake, uh, I think Logan Paul one day said that he disrespected uh, not just Tokyo, but he disrespected, I mean, he disrespected the whole country. And cause you know, you got different parts of Japan. And um, the guy said, Logan Paul was very disrespectful. He did this, he did that, he did this, he did that. I didn't really know. So I never really, really even knew these guys. Then I was in Vegas one time, I was at my skating rink. Uh, one of my fighters, Jenny on Love, brought Jake Paul over to take a picture with me when Jake Paul was getting ready for Nate Robinson. I told him I didn't think that was a good idea to be mixing me up, you know, with, 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 with a bunch of bull crap. So then um, I, uh, I had done stuff for Fanio one day. And then they said, um, uh, well, a friend of mine said, yo, uh, a guy, Logan Paul, because I didn't know the difference between Logan Paul and Jake Paul. I, I, the guy, Logan Paul, wanted to do uh, an exhibition fight with you in your boxing gym, three rounds. I said, um, hold on. I said, I don't really know about that. The guy said, well, I'm serious, Floyd. I said, well, how serious you are you? Gave me 1.5 million cash. I said, well, you serious? So then uh, I said, well, if you can give me 1.5 million like this, and then this guy got, you know, 18, 19 million followers and he's huge on YouTube. I said, well, let's do it like this. Let's fight in, I said, let's take it to the next level. Um, let's build this thing and put it in a, in a football stadium. So we was gonna fight in the Raiders stadium. Nevada commission said they didn't want it, but the MGM Grand said we approve of it. And every other hotel in the whole city of Las Vegas approved of it, but the Nevada commission didn't approve of it. So then I said, okay, Let's take it to Miami. Miami said, let's do it. So now we're here. Have you missed boxing? Uh, I, I, do I miss boxing? Absolutely not. Why not? This is just, this is just, I just don't miss it. I did it my whole life. Anytime you've done something um, uh, 40 some years and you broke every record and you dominated in, in every field, it is what it is. It's time to move on. Um, uh, to other things in life. Sometimes people get recharged, and you've you've retired before and come back after you've maybe recharged your batteries. Is that just not happened this time? But, uh, but, but I didn't retire in my forties. True. I retired early on. I, I retired early on. Mm -hmm. So this is totally it's totally different when you retire in your forties. Do you watch much boxing? Um, I pro I promote mm -hmm. more than I watch. Mm -hmm. I like to promote the young fighters and put them in position, in, in, a, in a certain position, so they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. Do I watch a lot of boxing? Absolutely not. Do you think boxing's in a good place? Boxing is in a good place, and that has a lot to do with me. Why is that? It just has a lot to do with me. I mean, I was able to get involved in the sport of boxing, change the dynamics. Remember, boxing talked about nothing but heavyweights. Remember Larry Holmes, Joe Lewis, Mike Tyson, before Floyd Mayweather, before Floyd Mayweather came along. When I came along, it was it was about all the small guys or all the weight classes that I went to. And then you never heard. Now look at all these guys getting crazy paydays. It started with Floyd Mayweather first. It did. Do you think though that boxers, like they all want to stay undefeated, and that's because you were undefeated. But you took a lot of chances early in your career, like you. 
you were not like you fought the very best when you were pretty boy Floyd in the early part. Okay, okay. Even though I retired undefeated, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell fighters this: it's not about being undefeated your whole career. It's about accomplishing what you want to accomplish, doing what you want to do, being who you want to be. And at the end of your career, if you're happy with what you did, then so be it. But also, I want to tell these fighters, it's about saving your money. I'm where I'm at because I made smart, in, smart investments. I saved my money, and I, and I made smart investments. So I want these fighters, I, I want to teach these fighters about saving their money. That's where I come in, in, in a good place, and not just a boxing promoter, but just, j- just as a, a motivation guy on the outside, pushing these guys to be great on the outside. Last question for you. Are you expecting – what are you expecting to go down in this fight? Are you expecting a real fight? Are you expecting Logan Paul to try to clown? What are you expecting? I mean, he can fight a real fight. I'm going to have fun. Even if – I mean, it's going to be a spectacle, but – it's going to be fun. It's going to be what it's going to be. I can't really say how, how we're going to play out, but at the end of the day, um, I laugh when the guy said he's going to knock me out. This is crazy. I mean, I've been hit by some of the biggest guys, I mean, just the heaviest hitters in boxing. Not all of them, because, of course, I'm the, the best defensive fighter of all time, as well as offensive fighter of all time. That's why I'm Mr. TBE. Of course you are. Floyd, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right, that's Floyd Mayweather. Pound for Pound King, former Pound for Pound King, fighting Logan Paul on June 6th. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.